It is February 7th in the year 2020. AD, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Michael Wiseman. And finally tonight, Michael, some real guys guys can do a podcast. Uh, we've got nothing but testosterone, nothing holding us huh? back. We're going to talk about chicks and cars and beer and good mm-hmm. old-fashioned wrestling. And wrestling. And wrestling. The two manliest men under the Wrestling Inc. umbrella are doing a podcast alone tonight. And... Uh, I'm just saying, look out, everyone. I'm not sure you can handle this. This is exactly what I think of when I think of jocks, when I think of athletes, when I think of, you know, those Greek gods. It's me and you, Glenn. That's what we are, Greek gods. And we're just talking about guy stuff tonight. (laughs) No Weezer, right? Cars, guns. Weezer's a pretty good guy, man. I mean, you know. In sync, Backstreet Boys. Because they got boys in the title. They're the Backstreet Boys. Boys for now, right? Yes. How much more manly can you get? Boys to men. The manliest band name perhaps ever. Otis. Right? Yes. He is a man's man. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Strap in, folks. Hey, Matt's coming, y'all. Just stick around. Matt, if you're here for Matt Morgan, he will be here later. Just stay tuned. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Matt's off tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, though, let me give a plug. Tomorrow night, uh, me, Matt Morgan, Raj Geary, going to talk about the XFL. Ooh. It's the year 2020, and the XFL is back, baby. We're watching the opening games tomorrow, and uh, we're going to dig in. It's going to be incredible. I was thinking of the year, uh, what is that, the year 2929 in the year? Yes. 2020, Wrestling Inc. will be hosted by a bunch of nerdy guys. <laughs> I mean, manly men. Sorry. Wait, what, what, well, the song what was the song in the year 2525 of Man is Still Alive. Yeah. Oh, God. I remember the old East Station used to play that a lot when I was a kid. Anyhow, um, so tomorrow after XFL ends, be sure to join us for that. Tonight, SmackDown. And uh, I got a bone to pick. Mm. I got a bone to pick with uh, Vinnie McMahon and uh, the people in SmackDown Creative. Because uh, Naomi, guys, what the hell? They uh they sold her short, right? Like that was not was that what they intended to do? I mean, people are saying, well, WrestleMania, just wait, could be, you know, her versus Bailey. And I'm like, uh, but you don't I don't know. It seems kind of weird when they're uh building all these other big matches. I guess we could have Bailey versus Carmella at Elimination Chamber. I don't think it's happening in Saudi Arabia. They didn't mm-hmm. say anything to that effect tonight, although that would be something. Um but uh, yeah, maybe they're saving it, but she's got this momentum and that's the key. That's the thing WWE doesn't do well at, which is taking advantage when somebody's hot and giving them some fire to build on and keeping it going because uh, yeah, veggie gamer. Oh, we're being swerved. She's so getting the mania match. It's like, okay, but you could have done a little bit more tonight to make that the case. Did you feel like there was a great narrative coming out of this match tonight with her not winning? No, I mean, it seemed like maybe, you know, you go back to the Royal Rumble and we got to see Naomi come back and almost Naomi's kind of filling that spot that a lot of people thought Sasha Banks would take, right? Or Sasha Banks was going to return and she's going to fight Bailey. And I really thought the fans responded very well. I'm a big Naomi fan, right? So I'm biased here, but I thought the fans responded very well to her return and what she did last week. Incredibly well. Yeah. She had the the most viral clip that came out of the Royal Rumble was the stuff from her return. And here's what made it better, folks. It was viral, not on wrestling Twitter. It was viral, like on actual Twitter. People that don't watch the product paying attention. 
getting interest and uh they've done very little with her since then to capitalize on that i mean she had her moment last week which i appreciated on smackdown um and and you know it kind of seemed like they're putting her back in that spotlight so why you would put her back in that spotlight and then pull back on her so quickly this week i have no idea and and granted carmella's a very good talent as well so no discredit there but also to go that route when earlier in the night you tease that maybe um we might have one of the other women win this match and and i just I just think it was a weird choice with Carmella here, almost like a swerve. Maybe we get that at WrestleMania. I mean, maybe we get at WrestleMania, we do get Naomi back. I don't know. Maybe they're going to do the Kofi Kingston thing with her. The problem is the SmackDown women's division is, in my opinion, in disarray right now. Lacey Evans was poised to be a breakout star in there. She's gone. And Raw and NXT have some huge names for those championships right now. Yeah, Raw is going to be hot. We got Becky. Uh, looks like Shayna. That's what everyone's saying. I think Meltzer and other people are saying it's all but a done deal. There will be Shayna versus Becky for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Shayna Baszler is coming to Monday Night Raw. Uh, we have Charlotte going to NXT. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Oh, my God. They're both such stars. That's probably going to be a triple threat match at WrestleMania. It's going to be great. And, and it's run- huge for those women. Those are huge matches for all those women. And over on SmackDown, we just had this Liberty Bell push that went nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, Bailey is still, she's good, man, but she's no Sasha, Sasha. And I understand Sasha can't wrestle, uh, because of some medical clearance issues perhaps, but they got to rebuild that division. And what better way to do that than put somebody that people are reacting to right there front and center because Carmella, I freaking love Carmella. I've been down with Carmella since day one in the hairdressing sketches on NXT, <laughs> but you're telling me Carmella a title shot? Really? What <laughs> momentum does Carmella have right now? She had it with the dance break. She had it uh, with our truth and being with him in the 24 uh, seven uh, chase and everything she was doing with him there. But I feel like Carmella right now, this is just out of nowhere. Well, and they do stuff like this where to your point, it's completely out of nowhere, right? They pull her up here, put her in this championship spot. And on the other hand, they drag out feuds like Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns for weeks and weeks and weeks beyond what the fans care about. We got Rusev um, on and Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw for weeks and weeks and weeks when the fans had tuned out many moons ago. And their balance here of how do we weave in new storylines and build up new stars while at the same time giving us some continuity, it's just completely out of whack. And uh, it's not a good sign. And this is no disrespect to King Corbin or to Roman Reigns. But when you've got the commentary saying, and one more time, Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns, but this mm. time in a steel cage, it's like, that's really bad. That's That should never be the, the, the default. The number one thing that we guess should not be the thing that happens. That's yep. what makes wrestling great is the unpredictability, the swerve mm. as it were. Well, and it also goes against, I'm a big believer in classic wrestling booking and having Corbin lose match after match, night after night and get his comeuppance so many times in a row and then continue to come out there and challenge goes against the basic most tenets of wrestling booking, which is the chase, the baby face goes after the title, the revenge, whatever. And then when he gets it, the story is over and Roman's got it like three times now. He doesn't need it again. Doesn't do anything for the fans at that point. And uh, we'll talk about this. There, there, there's a lot of good stuff tonight. There's some good sure. stuff to reflect on. Uh, Jason Hudgens, though, saying WWE does this all the time. You should be used to it by now. Yes, I am like Charlie Brown with that football. And uh, I just want to believe Rusey's not going to pull it away at the last second before I make that kick. 
Always the optimist. Hey, you, we are. We're wrestling fans. We're always optimistic about these kinds of things. Yes. So they were really hyping up Goldberg tonight. Um, I was bummed he wasn't there in person. I think that's always kind of, I don't know. Well, satellite. and somebody pointed out on Twitter, yeah. it, it, they, they hyped it up so much. And then for him to be there via satellite, if you bought a ticket to see Goldberg, this had to be absolutely disappointing. And and again, I said this last week. I wasn't on this show last week because I have whatever you have now. Um, but I said it on Twitter last week, which is this show, SmackDown, coming out of the Rumble, felt like such a low, a low, high, low energy, low priority for WWE, right? And yet, going into back into the the Fox deal in October, they made it seem like this was gonna this is gonna be the A show. It's gonna be the show where we do all the big things. Everything that happened at the Rumble mattered for Raw, other than Baron Corbin and Reigns. Everything else mattered for Raw. None of it mattered for SmackDown. So I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get Goldberg tonight. They're going to bring back some of that energy to Friday nights, and he's not even there. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yes. Uh, so we opened tonight. They were in San Jose, California. Here's how I know something is wrong with the product. San Jose is uh, 90 minutes from where I am. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I went to a WWE live event, let alone a TV taping, and I wasn't even aware it was here. That's how much I'm not paying attention to what's going on with the live events right now, my email. Uh, I can't remember the last time I bought merchandise. I think my wife might have bought some of the WWE Christmas ornaments on mm-hmm. clearance after Christmas, but it's been a while. I think the last uh, uh, wrestling merch I bought was maybe a Jake Atlas t-shirt at an indie event before he signed with NXT. Oh. That's not uh, like that's like, not even real. Like you're cool enough to buy indie merch. That's not even real WWE merch. Although they will rip off the design in six months. So it's yes. Uh, very stoked he signed with NXT, by the way. I think he's going to be great. Um, but so let's uh, talk about tonight. We opened with The Miz and John Morrison coming out for an edition of The Dirt Sheet, Once Upon The Dirt Sheet. Uh, by the way, maybe it's the cold. It was a little slow, but I was like, oh, it's like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had that realization about 45 <laughs> seconds in. Wow, this is clever. It's just like that one thing. Oh, wait. Just like that movie that everyone was talking about six <laughs> months ago. Oh. <laughs> This was a good spot, uh, man. Good. They put effort into. I, you know, I think I like the effort they put into this over what they did with the Otis and Tucker date prep thing. I think mm. uh, it's actually kind of remarkable how much more effort and energy they put into this. I mean, with Lance Storm cameos, uh, John Laurinaitis, the Miz's dad, um, really building up this match that the Miz and Morrison are going to have against uh, the New Day at WWE Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. Um, after this, they were interrupted by Kofi Kingston and Biggie of the New Day. And uh, they they traded words about this. Uh, but then the Usos came out and they were not thrilled with the Miz and Morrison saying they beat them for this opportunity. They welcomed everyone to the Uso Penitentiary. Dolph Ziggler's music hit. Miz and Morrison were, uh, took advantage of the distraction, attacked the New Day from behind, beating them down. The Usos rushed the ring and sent the number one contenders retreating. And Ziggler headed to the ring with his partner, Robert Roode. Back from commercial, we have the Usos versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Thank God the Usos won this. I I can almost see this being made a triple threat, except no, but the Miz and Morrison are clearly going over here. Uh, but their first feud after New Day has got to be the Usos. Yeah, I, I, maybe this was a setting up possibly for WrestleMania, although I would keep this feud going. Actually, Glenn, what's probably going to happen is we're going to get this match at Super Showdown. And I actually do, let me just call this out. We said the opening segment was good, and I don't want to downplay that. Miz yeah. and Morrison back together. Sure. I love that dynamic. And, it, and it's what they were doing before, but even better now. I enjoyed the Once Upon a Time segment. That was fun in its own way. 
Um, and I really think it's done a lot for these SmackDown tag team titles. The New Day captured these things and they had meant nothing, I mean, very little for so long that putting two main eventers in that spot, three main eventers, if you're including Kofi in that equation, Big E should be the fourth one there. Yeah. I like the fact that these guys get to take these titles and wrestle over them. They feel important to me. They feel like they're more important than the universal title right now or the women's title. So I dig this feud. But what will probably happen will be that at WrestleMania, we're going to get the Usos tossed in there and maybe some other team for a fatal four-way because they love their multi-man matches at Mania. Yes. Uh, so Jai3592 with a five-pound donation. Five pounds, that's like $10 American. How heavy do you think that is? Uh, five pounds? Well, huh? it's, it's pretty heavy. Uh, shouldn't they be story building towards WrestleMania instead of this throwaway Saudi Arabia show happening in a couple weeks? Here's the deal. Saudi Arabia show, they're going to make more money off that or as much as they make off WrestleMania. Also, it's not a Saudi Arabia show. It's the, uh, what are they, Riyadh? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and then we can't Leon, call it Saudi. Leon, our superstar with two donations of nine ninety nine again in pounds. The UK representing tonight. You may be leaving the EU, but you're a uh, team wrestling Inc. all the way. So, what else uh, do we got with this match? They the won Usos. momentum, Glenn. Just for the record, Michael Cole called it out here. The Usos <sighs> walked away with more momentum. Mm. Cash momentum. That you can throw that over your shoulder or wear it around your waist. It won't keep your pants up, but hey, whatever. Um, anyhow, uh, we got a replay of what happened with Corbin's dog food bath last week. And then we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross backstage talking about the fatal four way tonight. Uh, Bliss teasing she had something twisted up her sleeve. And then we saw more of Roman Reigns defeating King Corbin from last week. The dog food and King Corbin stormed the production truck. He's furious over the video being shown. Took a production worker, threw him out down a set of stairs to the ground in the parking lot. The producers and referee rushed over to help and back Corbin off. He was all smiles, but Adam Pierce told him he went too far. Then we had Elias versus Cesaro. Elias, uh, I feel like when he's going to be interrupted, they really don't put that much effort into the Elias songs. Yeah. They're always the same. It's like Elias here in blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts off immediately. It just sounds like your friend dicking around on the guitar. Yeah. Like I'm just warming up. Let me show you the dude at the party. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Let me show you. I I could play the intro to blister in the sun guys. Just check it out. Just come sit in my lap while I strum on a guitar. And then, ooh, you look tense. Let me give you a back rub. Mm-hmm. Start all oh, tension in your shoulders. Your boyfriend, well, he's not here. Why don't we? Why yeah, don't well, t- tell, tell me more about your problems. I'm a good listener. Let's go listen to some Weezer. What do you think? Yes. Elias, totally that dude. When he was <laughs> I wasn't that dude, but I know that dude. Every Every circle of friends, every party has that dude at the party. Yep, especially in college where like everybody is trying to be that dude and they're all everybody knows to play guitar and it's you know hmm. Leon our superstar saying Glenn give a shout out to my son Leon King Robertson 11th birthday today happy birthday Leon that is awesome uh congratulations the big one one you're almost a teenager enjoy childhood while it lasts and thank you for the the the, the yes. 20 pounds there you, you rock you're you know in my culture at 13 you're a man now, I was never bar mitzvahed, so perhaps that's why I'm still a boy. It's getting very personal. Yes. Uh, anyhow, Elias versus Cesaro. Elias interrupted by Sami Zayn and Cesaro. Sami Zayn did his thing. It was good. Not his A material, but I like the delivery. And uh, then we got this match. 
with Elias picking up the win, man, like this is another one. Like I know like wins don't matter for Elias, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just there kind of as the entertainment piece, right? He's there to to get a little bit of, yeah, right now he's a good guy, right? Get a, get a little crowd reaction, get a pop. Um, and they don't, they've not done a storyline with him in many, many, many moons. And so for him to go over a guy like Cesaro, it just, it kind of boggles my mind why they're putting Cesaro in this spot. Not that I'm against it. Elias is a good worker. That running knee he does is fantastic. I love it. Um, and he's got a good look, but that's not his spot right now. And, and unless they're going to do a championship run with him as a babyface, uh, maybe mid card, but they're not going to It's Braun's spot. So I don't know what you do with him. Yes. Oh, nice. Fun with fun times with the games. Dollar 99 saying loving this duo. Thank you, sir. Now uh, to clarify, yes. Uh, Kefka 2k is saying he was not interrupted at first, but when he went to play his song, and so he just kind of like did his little patter, yeah. but I, I like when there's the song. I like when it's something clever. I like when he's got some good rhymes. I like when he, he, he he's like a, he's like a freestyle battle MC with an acoustic guitar. Mm. 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 Yeah, that they should do. They should do a an MC segment with him every week. They should do some kind of like rap battle or segment battle or lyric battle. Like I'm surprised they've not Sammy capitalized Zane, on that. Sami Zayn would be perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. So i you know, Glenn. I have a question for you. Uh, we, we sit here and we're kind of talking about the show and there's some good stuff, and we'll get to some of the other stuff here in a minute. But like, I feel like by the time we get to Friday nights nowadays, WWE has just kind of checked out from doing the detail stuff they should do. Like back in the day. In this segment, you have gotten Elias singing an actual song, and now the writers are just, I don't know, too tired, too worn out from the first four days to, to write an actual song for him. It is but tough. I think anyone that's ever worked a job on Friday, even if you worked Saturday and Sunday, there's something about working on Friday mm -hmm. that I think just you're you're in a little bit of autopilot, cruise control. You know, it's you're not, not this podcast. Not this. Not this. Well, could you imagine if I prepped for this podcast? <laughs> You're going to ruin it. Raj isn't watching, is he? He's over with I Ryback. I watched the show, I think. Let me tell you something. This is what I've learned from my, good Lord, almost four freaking years of doing this show. When I started, I would be like, oh, here's a funny little thing. I'm going to remember to say this later. It felt a little forced. It felt like I was doing material. It didn't mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. So now I don't write anything down. I think thoughts. And if I think of it again when we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, it must have been funny. It must have been good enough. So I'm going to repeat it now. Or maybe I'll improve upon it because it stuck around, uh -huh. you know? So I think people are getting the real pure experience from this show. But it's that's what makes a good podcast. Reactions. Like you need that that kind of, this is why it's the best duo ever right now. And don't worry, guys. Sure. Matt Morgan will be joining us shortly. Just stay tuned. Um, but it's why Fun Times with Games is getting it right here. We're just, we're having fun together. And that's what makes a, a good podcast, right? It's just people having fun talking about wrestling. Now on Twitter, I think before I tweet, and I encourage everybody to do that. <laughs> Yes. Which, by the way, if you've seen some of the crap I've said that's been controversial, I thought before I tweeted that nine times out of ten. Mm. But um, I think the written word is much more one where you want to be spontaneous, but it helps to edit, make sure everything's spelled correctly, craft your words wisely, pick and choose. But a podcast, this is a very uh, personal medium. Yeah. And I think it's very uh, ephemeral, extemporaneous. And I think what makes this magic is that this isn't about, oh, I'm not trying to come up with something that's going to be quoted. I'm not trying to say something super poignant. We're just talking. Yeah, I agree. Or you could do what I did on Twitter tonight on Wrestling Inc., which is completely butcher names for about two segments for whatever reason. I mean, that wasn't me. That was the hackers. So it was it was Matt Morgan, actually. Tweet him about it. He was, he was doing that. Ah. <sighs> 
So Elias, what a dude. Oh, uh, reminder, go to facebook.com slash wrestling inc. Leon R superstar saying, uh, hitting Tampa for many a weekend. Hope they can make it to Rick's see, uh, Raj Beck versus the Jew print. Well, it will be myself, Raj, Matt Morgan, Nick Housman, just on a bar. Michael, are you going to be there? Yes, I'll be there. I did not make the cut on the poster. <gasps> not enough room for, I am the Ann Moore at the bottom of the poster. Go RSVP and out of facebook.com slash wrestling and let us know you'll be there. Uh, we've got like 60 RSVPs so far. Nice. This thing actually could be pretty darn full. Uh, and I like being surprised. Let me tell you, when I go, when I started doing this podcast, going to wrestling events, people come up to me and want to talk, say, Hey, I watch you on the podcast. I never expect that. I assume mm-hmm. this podcast is watched by three people. A lot me, of the time. you and your mom, you know, and my mom kind of zones out after the first five minutes she's like i just like hearing his voice in the background it comforts me uh but i am i am delighted every time somebody comes up and wants to talk to me that watches this podcast because and every time you tweeted us every time you get a hold of us that's that's for me that's so uh validating and rewarding to know the audience we have yep yep 100 agree in all seriousness it's you guys that make this a fun experience twitter is a great connection point but i love doing this piece right here and being able to, i mean i just love hanging out with glenn and matt when he's around and um you know, you, we're doing a live recording. I think you guys are going to do a Wrestling Geek podcast recording, and then Nick and me and Justin maybe are doing a wrestling. Oh, whoops, got cut off there. A little fun, uh, fun outing. Now, I'm almost wondering, we talked about this. I think we're recording it. We're going to definitely record something. There's going to be stuff recorded, so if you're not there, it's fine. But part of me is like, oh, man, could you imagine the fun we could have doing a panel or a podcast if it weren't recorded and only the people live <laughs> in attendance. That's the post show. You got to show up to get the post show. I'm going to pull like a Chappelle and be like, you're all putting your phones in pouches. Like nobody, nobody's tweeting out clips of this to wrestlers saying what we really think. You're going to pull a Chappelle. You don't have nearly that much clout, Glenn. I like it, man, but mm, mm. have you been to an event yet where they seal up your phone? No, I have not. I've heard about it. I've not been to one. Did that when we saw Freestyle of Supreme. Uh, and I get it. They're freestyle rapping. You never know what kind of words, topics, things they're going to mm. talk about. We saw uh, Wayne Brady was on there that night. And Wayne <laughs> Brady was saying some stuff that was very entertaining and very good. But yeah, even I think at one point it was like, this is why we make you lock up your phones because I can be real. Uh, anyhow, Sami Zayn uh, out there tonight with Star. Sami Zayn seems like he'd be excellent in a freestyle battle because Sami Zayn sounds like an old Jewish man. And I think the idea of him freestyling would be so heelish against Elias and trading barbs back and forth. Well, my thing about it is I, I think Sami Zayn would be fantastic at it too. It's another spot for R-Truth, right? R-Truth is kind of the guy that gets away with doing whatever he wants to right now. 24-7 champion. Brock Lesnar wants to work with them some more. Put him out there. Brock. I mean, well, uh, remember Cena did it. Yeah. Economics versus legitimate. Elias. R-Truth is a legitimate rap artist. He legitimately has released records. He's got a studio in his house. He would be so much fun. Yeah, uh, but I love Elias. I think he's gotten over. It's a gimmick that works so much. And he can wrestle, but this yeah. gimmick just keeps getting better and better. That being said, he didn't need to go over Cesaro tonight. Cesaro was like the best worker in all of WWE, the best technical wrestler. Yeah, I and, agree. And uh, he is, they're not letting him talk anymore. Like, hey, Sami Zayn, we enjoyed so much him uh Sammy Zayn sounds like Goldberg. Sammy Zayn sounds more Jewish than Goldberg and Larry David combined. <laughs> that's and, uh, that's a, a lot of do. He's a French Canadian uh, Muslim of Syrian descent and seriously sounds more Jewish than all of my, rel- my relatives combined. There's something about his mannerisms and the way he talks. 
Am, am I allowed? Am I allowed to comment on that? How sure. Jewish somebody sounds. I don't really have a good test for that. I don't know what that. Re- Wait, really? I mean, I mean, I guess Larry David is kind of my go-to. Sein- Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's it. Seinfeld and Larry David. That's those my those are my kind of. It's 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 it, you know what it is. I mean, not to to stereotype, but I always say this. Uh, people always want to talk about, you know, Israel and what that means in terms of Judaism. Uh, to me, my homeland as, a, as an American Jew is uh, Manhattan, New York City, baby. <laughs> you know, that to me, that's the, the homeland of the American Jew. That is our yeah. homeland. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyhow. And, 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 and Larry David represents your entire, you know. He speaks for our people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good Lord. So off the rails tonight. So off the rails. Are you allowed um, to say "Good Lord" as a Jew? Is that something that's? I, I believe you know. I believe that... what all secular uh, or what, what all uh, uh, monotheistic religions believe. They all believe that the Lord is good. It's just uh-huh. a different Lord they're talking about, uh-huh. and that's one to grow on. Uh, anyhow, so off the rails tonight. <laughs> so off the rails. What about that Goldberg? All right, there's your segue. Yes. Uh, Oh, uh, okay. So we have a Corbin King Corbin came out after Elias got that win. Um, King Corbin came out. He's still pissed. The crowd makes him King. Everyone needs to bow down and listen to what the King has to say. I did like that. He threw some shade at the 49ers losing to his Kansas city chiefs at the super bowl. That was perfect in San Jose. Um, and, uh, Yeah. Clear himself the king of SmackDown. But Reigns came out to the ring. <sighs> Good Lord. This is going to be a steel cage match. It's happening. It's just there's no there's no reaction for me at this point to any of this. And I, I listen, if you like the dog food stuff, most people don't like the dog food stuff. We've seen it multiple times. They replayed it tonight on SmackDown. Whatever, right? Vincent Mann likes it. But the fans and Roman Reigns, they got their comeuppance against Baron Corbin. What excitement is there for us to see Roman Reigns run down and beat the crap out of Baron Corbin again? No, and, Roman Reigns, uh, Baron Corbin got his comeuppance. Oh, so I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, you, you're right. Baron Corbin got his, and we were all happy about that, supposedly, right? Because we got to see him be besmirched. And I guess for me, the excitement at some point goes away from just seeing Roman Reigns come down. And this is where you're going to start losing fans from Roman Reigns as well. Baron Corbin is a great talker, right? He has come out. He can work in the ring. He has a way to get in the in the underneath the nails of the fans, right? Get out there, just really irritate them. He's like sandpaper. And we got Roman Reigns coming out every week, beating the crap out of him. And I just think that at a certain point, Roman Reigns and that reaction is going to start hurting him long term. They've done so much to repair his image um, since he's returned. Um, and, and now I'm indifferent to him again. I don't care to see him. And it's because this feud has gone on too long. And a steel cage match, one more match with these two, does nothing for me. And that's not a discredit to either man. It's just it's it's been five months. What other feud has lasted this long in recent WWE history? I feel like a lot of them go on much longer than they need to. And that is probably my number one complaint with the WWE. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a season arc. If you think about it, think about how TV is. Um, and actually, you know, part of the reason drama has gotten better is now a lot of shows that run like 22 episodes do what they call story pods. Like agents of shield does like three different pods, three different arcs throughout the season. I feel like no feud should ever go longer than six episodes six weeks in a row of raw or SmackDown. Well, and there's ways that I, I agree with that. I think without a new wrinkle or something right. to freshen it up. 
Because nowadays with TV being, I mean, back in the day, you'd have Brett and and Owen, la- that build would last six months to get you to SummerSlam, or it might even continue past that, but you weren't doing it every week on TV. And Corbin and Reigns has been the story every week on TV. Yes, you've added to Corbin Stable, and Roman Reigns has done a couple of things, and the Usos came back, but they're not really game-changing dynamics here. And more importantly, again, Reigns has won every single confrontation with this dude for the most part, other than some random Friday nights, so... And, uh, yeah, I think Corbin just needs some uh, fresh opposition to get into it with. I think it'll make him better in the long run. And then he can come back to Roman Reigns. Who do you put him with, though, Glenn? I mean, him and (sighs) Corbin. Who do they go on to? Who's big enough for those two? Okay, so Corbin could go with Daniel Bryan. Could go something with New Day, maybe. Have him with... uh... Actually, that would be good. Uh, Ziggler, Rude, and... Corbin against uh, New Day. That could be really fresh. That could mm-hmm. be really interesting. I, I think you could go Corbin, Daniel Bryan. I know these two have had yeah. some stuff in the past, but that's another avenue for, for these two. Go Corbin and Braun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would love to – he'll never do it, but I would love to see Nakamura and Reigns. Nakamura is a heel right now. Reigns needs a good opponent. You get Sami Zayn in there on the mic, kind of hyping this feud up. I think that would be an exciting matchup. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, so Goldberg, who's he going to face at the Super Showdown? Says uh, Brock Lesnar is busy with Ricochet for the for the WWE Championship. What about the Universal Title? And calls out Bray Wyatt. We get a breaking news edition of the Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt, the newscaster, accepting Goldberg's challenge, saying he accepts, meaning the Fiend. Um. I said this on Twitter, and we need to make this happen. Bray needs to wrestle as the muscle man against Goldberg. <laughs> if ever there was a time to do it, it is a match against Goldberg. But uh, does does Goldberg lose here, this match? Um, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in 30 minutes into the show, Matt Morgan will be joining us shortly, card subject to change. I <laughs> To answer your question, I love the muscle man. Um, I think that's a fun way. I'd love to see them bring him out as the muscle man at some point. It just He's so hilarious. I think, though, this match is going to be short, right? Goldberg wrestles an average of, what, 90, 90 seconds now? He, I mean, his average match time is much shorter than even Brock Lesnar's, which is saying something. But maybe that's what you do. Goldberg was built as being invincible when he returned to WWE in his most recent runs. Um, you need somebody to take down The Fiend. You could go this avenue. I can't imagine they're going to bring Goldberg out and have him lose to The Fiend. I mean, that's that's a weird direction to go. Well, he lost to Undertaker. Well, yeah, but he lost to Undertaker, who I would well, – well, okay. So there is a theory here. People think that maybe The Fiend is going to come out and fight Taker at WrestleMania. If that's the direction you're going – Yes, that's the storyline. Make the fiend defeat Goldberg. I, like it makes him look strong going into that. Yeah, I Goldberg can't win. It would be if Goldberg wins and becomes the Universal Champion on SmackDown on Fox. One, I think it shows Fox is panicking. If that's mm-hmm. the because uh, it's almost them looking at AEW and saying, "Who can we get?" <laughs> like a right. Jericho right. to put up here and prop this up. Uh, if that happens people are going to lose their freaking minds about this on Twitter. Uh, it'd be probably the biggest troll move Vince McMahon could pull since bringing back the XFL. <laughs> oh, wow. 
there's some rumors people are saying. Um, I've not heard these, so they are definitely just rumors at this point. But um, Goldberg versus Reigns at Mania. So I guess you could put the title on. I thought they were going to do that in Saudi Arabia. I thought that was going to be. Well, that they, people had rumored that. I guess the steel cage match is more important. We got to see Reigns and. Well, unless you want to save the championship bout, right? So if the idea here, because remember at one point the idea was going to be we got to put the belt on Roman Reigns, right? He's going to be our guy on SmackDown moving forward. If you get there by going championship to Goldberg, championship to Reigns at Mania, I, I could see that. Reigns and Goldberg does little for me, but Spear versus Spear, right? Oh, good Lord. Hmm. <laughs> 499 Super Chat saying, is it okay to call Glenn's left eyebrow the Jewish eyebrow? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, What's offensive anymore? No more. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Heath Slater. Is Daniel Bryan a baby face? Because Heath Slater seemed very concerned checking on Daniel Bryan backstage and how his uh, mindset was after the strap match loss at the Royal Rumble against Did the Fiend Bray Wyatt. He, I thought, I think Heath Slater's just a nice guy. He just cares about everyone in the locker room. He's like, hey, not much is going on with me right now, as everyone can tell. Let's talk about you and where your head's at. And then maybe after five minutes, he's like, yeah, so uh, my contract's coming up soon. You think I should uh, see what else is out there? So, um, I will say Heath Slater's hair game was on point tonight. I got to give him props. He's got a new haircut. He's ready for that world title run that his fellow 3MB members have had. Uh, but Brian, with intensity, stomping on him, choking him out tonight, uh, or knocking him out, rather. Daniel Bryan getting that win. Is Daniel Bryan still a babyface? Yes. He's got, the, uh, he's got that eco-friendly yes shirt. Yes, he is. But was that like a face move? Like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Like, let's go to the ring. Now I'm going to like stomp you out. I think maybe they're trying to position Brian as being this kind of character in turmoil, right? That he's going to come out of this feud with the Fiend not knowing what to do. You could pivot him and turn him heel, but but maybe he's got to find something. Is Kane still around? He came back one week, right? And then he didn't do anything. Like, does Kane, can Kane come back? Are we going to get Team Hell No back again? And I don't know. They could go, and then Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal can reform the 3MB <laughs> with Heath Slater. That's right. Two on three match. You mark my words, people. 3MB is coming back. Former world champion, 3MB members. <laughs> yes. Um. After this match, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, Lost last week to Braun Strowman, the Intercontinental Championship. So Renee Young was out with Braun. And Braun, great babyface promo here, getting you deserve it from the crowd. Um, but of course, he was interrupted by Sami Zayn with Nakamura, saying they're going to get a rematch, but not tonight. Strowman saying he'll defend anywhere, including tonight in San Jose. Sami says, no, no, we're going to use all our resources. And then Braun gets attacked by the Revival Dash and Dawson, who uh, double teamed him. Nakamura joined in. While Strowman got beat down, and uh, yeah, I'm assuming that's happening. That's my big, my big complaint here was I think Braun looked really foolish at first. Like they 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 positioned him as being this huge, super happy go lucky baby face. He was practically tearing up as he talked about. He said he got chills was he won that Intercontinental Championship. That winning this is the greatest moment of his career. And I will tell you, Glenn, I think after that they made him more intense with the Nakamura stuff, with the attack by the Revival. But at the beginning part of this segment, where he was sitting out there, oh, I'm just so happy. It's not, that's not Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman should not be 
this happy-go-lucky baby face who has feel-good moments. He's just a pissed-off monster. Oh, but he's been doing that. I mean, ever when they teamed him with Alexa, it was all... Like, you couldn't... You, he just, he, he's a lovable monster. Yeah, but... He's like Frankenstein if he were cuddly. <laughs> He was like he's like Frankenstein. He's like Frankenstein's with monster, you mean? Let's Frankenstein's uh, monster with dimple. <laughs> I I just don't like it. I I think you can still maintain him being crowd friendly while making him serious. And I don't. There are so many people out there who are already positive and happy go lucky that it feels like we are again taking all these characters, kind of this general dynamic. Vince McMahon's idea of a baby he just likes face. to have a good time, Michael. What's so wrong <laughs> with right. that? That's right. He's just this, an underdog, Glenn. That's all he this is. This is where he's, I miss JBL. JBL was so good with just he just likes to have a good time. <laughs> oh I mean Michael Cole is pretty good with his own, you know, everybody wins momentum and uh, by the way, does anyone else think it's really weird when he starts talking about people changing the complexion of a match when there's a person <laughs> of color in the match? Like, does anyone else just find that a little like is he doing that to troll? It's a little too on the nose. Mm. That, that might be an actual direct line feed from Vince McMahon into his earpiece. No, I've heard him say when there's two lily white people in the match before, but it's weird. I, I think it's a weird choice of words. Here's the problem, right? At some point in the history of WWE, they've created all of these phrases and buzzwords that Vince McMahon really likes, and they have to work them into every show. And so they become very repetitive, which is why the announced team sometimes sounds like they're from the damn WWE 2K games, because somebody in the backstage thinks that saying a phrase like that, this changes the complexion of a match or they really gain some momentum here, communicates something to the, the audience because it sounds like it's big and important, but it literally communicates nothing. Great broadcasters oh. don't have to use that kind of Michael crap. on Monday nights when Raj Geary is here, he literally changes the complexion of this podcast. Well, I mean, I can change the light and change the complexion of my, my screen as well. Right. It's just a really weird like thing they keep coming back to like it's like boss time superman punch changes the complexion of this match are are you trying to bait me into saying something that would be considered somewhat mildly off kilter tonight i feel like you're no, baiting i don't me. think so I, I i don't think this is a controversial statement i mean i'm just really like i'm just saying it's a little odd it's a little controversial odd. but then mm, correlating that to skin color mm. But that's – do we need to talk about what the definition of the word complexion is? Mm. Mm. Unless mean, complexion has a different definition I'm not aware of. Let's wait till Matt joins us. Then we can kind of get into it. What do you think? Aha. Okay. Complexion has two meanings. But the first one is the natural color, texture, and appearance of a person's skin, especially on the face. Okay. The second one – this is, this is a lesser used one – the general aspect or character of something. So is it changing the general aspect or character of a match? I, you know what? Good. They use a thesaurus. Good for them. Good for them. It just bugs me. That's all. I'm just, I feel like four years, man. I feel like I just had to say something because every, every show, Michael Cole puts this in there and I just, I cringe a little bit every time. When he does it. That's is okay. this one of those things that you wrote down ahead of time that you wanted to say tonight? Or did this come out organically? I've been thinking this for four years. Okay. So this was a pre-planned segment. No, this is this is things like uh, this is Glenn's Pet Peeves, which should be a new segment on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Yeah, yeah I want you to put that graphic. one out there. <laughs> and I, you know what? It will be Glenn's Pet Peeves, and I'll have all these little pass over montage with all these little these peeves, and I'm walking on a leash. 
I'm petting them. I'm feeding them. It's getting better you know? by the second. Yeah. Yeah. Man, oof. You know, the Glenn's pet peeves. Why don't you tweet us and tell you how much you're going to uh, – everybody out there in the Pro Wrestling Inc. audience, uh, or Wrestling Inc. audience, let's um, Pro Wrestling World, let's give, give us your opinion of uh, Glenn's pet peeves. I'm not think. the only one. I'm not the only one. That's all I'm saying. We have Anyhow, like a little intro music too. Can we get some little like, you know, happy go lucky? Yes, there will be an intro music and me walking peeves, taking peeves to the park. <laughs> this is – this is like the stuff that like doesn't make the cut of the podcast. This is the WWE Network level stuff. Kathy Hunter nine two nine. I'm okay with Glenn's pet peeves as long as he has a fun background. Yes. Don't encourage this, Kathy. Was that Kathy Hunter? Yeah. I don't think this is controversial. Anyhow, no comment. <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyhow, <laughs> that's the title that's, of this podcast. That would be if the name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if we named these episodes tonight, it would be SmackDown for February 7th, 2020. Oh, good Lord. And if we had a tagline for this one, it would be changing the complexion of Wrestling Inc. podcasts. <laughs> but if we, okay, if we said that tonight, that would be like, oh, but if we said that when, again, when it was a more diverse lineup, it would be like, that's kind of a messed up way to put it. Like, <laughs> so you understand my point. You understand I think the fact saying. that they use it, no matter what the skin color of the wrestler in the matches, implies like, that they're using it in the other sense, the other definition you literally just read. How about it changes the dynamic of this match? Change, don't say change the tone. Again, that could be horribly misconstrued. Momentum. Uh, Everything's about momentum. The mom they're changing the momentum of this match. Changing the trajectory. Changing the energy. I think our, Somebody, I think our, I'm going to send Michael Cole. I'm going to make for him a word-a-day cal calendar. And it's going to be 365 words that are replacements for complexion. And I just want him to tear one off every day and think about using those words when doing these matches. Because I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm not going to take it anymore. You know, we probably need to get back on topic, such as uh, Mark, who commented in YouTube. Uh, let's chat about how Rick Rude was a handsome fella. Let me get back to that. <sighs> That's one of the greater debates we've ever had on this show. Seamus. Oh, wait. No, here we go. Uh, before Seamus, we got Tucker and Otis preparing for the date, preparing for the big date on Valentine's Day. I like this. I, it wasn't the greatest thing of all time, but it was just funny enough. It's like everything about this stupid Otis. That is stu I say stupid. People are responding well to it. Um, it's like everything about this Otis storyline, which is it's just it's super cheesy, but they're all earnest enough about what they're doing that I kind of get into it. and The fans are kind of getting into it as well. So I I don't know. It was the part where he had the tucks on and they ripped off the sleeves. Then I was on board. I feel like if they would have spent a quarter of the energy they put into the Miz and Morrison dirt sheet segment on this vignette, it would have been an all-time classic. Is this one of your peeves? Is this one of your peeves? It, it did feel a little 30 years ago, 35 mm -hmm. years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like the effort involved. Gotcha. I thought it was a little too obvious. It's cute. But again, mm -hmm. cute. Should, should I say he looked adorable? These are things, according to Matt Morgan, we should never say. Cute. A, a character is cute. Or a segment is cute. We could say what um, Michael Manessa said, which is Otis is a sex rocket and he envies him. Manly talk. Anyhow, 
Tune in next Friday to see how that date goes. On Valentine's Day, no less. Sheamus versus Apollo Crews. Voice like Peter Brady there for a second. Uh, tell everyone what happened while I get a sip of water and cough. So this was about 30 seconds of television where Sheamus squashed Apollo Crews with a little broke kick action. Shorty G runs out. He gets beat up with a little broke kick action and Sheamus walks away victorious. So basically everybody looks super weak here. I guess Apollo Crews has been gone. I forgot he was even wrestling. Was he injured? What was the deal with Apollo Crews? I think he maybe got lost in catering. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. No, I feel bad. Apollo's great. We've talked about this so many times. I mean, they don't utilize him at all, but they bring him out tonight for an enhancement spot. It's unfortunate. Uh, Leon, our superstar, saying, Glenn, settle an argument between me and my wife. Rick Rude, circa 1989, or Edge rated our superstar. Who was more over with the female audience? Oh. I have to say, I think Rick Rude was more over, but I think Edge, like Rick Rude just looked like a sleazy dude, man. Yeah. Like we've talked about this before. He looks like, like the bad rebound your aunt has after her divorce. Like that's Rick Rude in a nutshell. You know, circle like the the mid to late eighties. Um, but uh, Edge, I think Edge looks like like the, the cool older guy, like you know, like the 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 young gym coach that you hope dates your aunt. And you're like, oh, he could be my step uncle. This is story is getting oddly specific. I feel like maybe this is something that you've happened or you've seen. In Divorce a happens before. to families, Michael. I wouldn't know. I'm a bastard. Mm, there you go. Well, that's a can of worms <laughs> that will have to discuss in depth on a future wrestling inc podcast um anyhow poor apollo i like him Shane he is, was uh, he was so poised i mean like they brought him out with a big deal and he just i, I know oh uh but uh when sheamus was beating up after shorty g made the save mm -mm. assuming this is happening in saudi arabia uh shorty g has lost what every time now with sheamus yep yeah. again why do we keep having the same things happen over and over and over again? At some point, Seamus conquers him and moves on. And then Shorty G goes back to the Space Jam. You know, when I do the Glenn's pet peeve segments, I'm going to come up with a new pet peeve every episode. I'm not going back and repeating old pet peeves. That's how I'm going to keep it fresh. You're right. That's that's what you got to do to keep it fresh. Come up with new pet peeves. People will love that. Do I have to come up with new pet peeves or do I just have to watch WWE programming and you know? <laughs> have the same pet peeves? Um, yeah. the, the pet peeve thing is getting strangely over in the chat room tonight to the point where I'm thinking like, whoa, is this actually a good idea? Should this, we're getting questions happen? about pet peeves and Dave Meltzer. So, um, yeah. no, no thoughts, no opinions on Dave Meltzer there. I mean, he's I think, guy. uh, you know, he's uh, an interesting source. I think he's more reputable than a lot of sources out there. And, uh, he's built a fan base for a very, very long time. And certainly you can't discredit that. I think though, that, it's different flavors, right? I mean, some people like his style of wrestling scoops and insider journalism. Some people like the more straightforward news approach that Wrestling Inc. has, where it's not necessarily about being first as much as it's about being right and being accurate. See how I put Raj over there? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But And I think uh, some people like what Vince Russo does, uh, which isn't to say there's anything inherently uh, bad about any of these people. I think that we live in a world of unlimited options, and you can go to whatever source fits you the best. It's not about controversy in the pro wrestling news space, guys. If you don't like uh, Meltzer, you do. You don't have to pick a side. It's not like politics, right? Just go to the sites that you think give you trustworthy, reliable news, and then go to the sites you think give you entertaining commentary like this or like Glenn's Pet Peeves spinoff channel that he's going to be opening up here soon. I'm just saying if there's an animated intro of me interacting with Peeves as if they are my actual pets, 
Does any other okay. wrestling news site bring you that? Does any Michael other wrestling bring you in that? my head right now? Pet peeves can be equal to Peter Griffin's. What really, you know, what really grinds my gears segment. That's one of the all time great. There aren't that many all time great family jokes, family guy jokes, but that is one of the all time great family guy jokes. Yes. Uh, and some people like Todd and others in the chat are saying, oh, he's too close to AEW and it shows. I think that everybody has, um, I don't want to say bias. I feel like bias is a misconstrued word. <clears throat> but I feel like people have their personal preferences. And um, I think people root for certain people. They want to see some people succeed. Not that they necessarily want to see other people fail, but they want to see competition. And I think that anyone that covers wrestling, anyone that covers professional wrestling, uh, and we've talked about in this podcast, wants AEW to succeed. Because we want competition in the WWE because it's yeah. one, it's better for people that cover wrestling, sure, but it's also better for the product and better for the fans. Yep. And competition's never a bad thing. And for those who say, like, well, you know, I get this all the time on Twitter. If I complain about something in WWE, why do you watch it? Right. Number one, I watch it because I do the show. Number two, I love pro wrestling. And sometimes me giving something a critical analysis is trying to encourage it to be better and encourage better discussion around it. I don't just say this sucks. I say this sucks because blah, 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 blah. Or this doesn't work for me because of X, Y, and Z. That's critical analysis and discussion that makes a product or an entertainment form better. I love these guys in the chat room right now. Thank you guys so much. Jason Hudgens, I prefer Wrestling Inc. I've been reading your site for several years now. Awesome job, guys. And Michael Manessas, Wrestling Inc. all the way. We love the positive comments. Thank you. Let me tell you a little story here while we got a minute. I swear to God, this is all cold medication, by the way. I was going to say, do we have a minute, really? Because I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure we got some, like, conference call stuff to get to. Uh, okay. But I want to point this out because you uh, sent me a thing. You're like, why are you showing up in articles I'm reading? Oh, I yeah, used to right. cover video games back from, like, <laughs> 1990 to the year 2004. <laughs> and I was a journalist covering video games. Okay. Can I tell you? Papers and can I tell you what happened here? So, so those of you guys who are watching right now, so I've been doing this with Glenn for a while now. We've been off and on. I mean, I'm not on every week with you, but we've been doing shows together for maybe going on a year now. As I peek in for filling spots here on Wrestling Inc. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really know a ton about you. We tweet sometimes at each other and direct message. And last week I was catching up with some old podcasts. Um, big fan of. I don't listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts. Big fan of video game podcasts, tech podcasts. Um, and I'm listening to the Giant Bombcast Game of the Year show, which I don't know if you guys know they do every year, and it's a big, long thing and a big debate, and it's fun, but I'm always behind on podcasts, so it's from like last year. Or, or no, I was reading an article by Gerstman, I think it was. was it yes, Jeff Gerstman. Yeah, I was reading an article by Jeff Gerstman, who cites Glenn Rubenstein across the way from me here as being a dear friend who got him into this thing. So I rabbit hold a little bit. So yeah, apparently Glenn and Jeff um, are good friends. I don't know Jeff, but I do know Glenn, so world's colliding here for me. Yes, uh, we met in high school uh, over our shared love of video games and uh, the comedy series Kids in the Hall. But anyhow, and you got uh, him into gaming journalism. I got him into gaming journalism. So back then, Sega, if you remember when Sonic the Hedgehog came out, I know you're yes. a Sonic fan. Movie's uh -huh. coming out soon. Yep. So when Sonic the Hedgehog came out, it was at the right time where not only did they have a great game like Sega, it was it was the catalyst, right? Everything crystallized. Sega had been doing some good work, mm -hmm. but this was their their chance to take it to the next level. People in the gaming industry who cover the gaming industry were really fed up with Nintendo and their highfalutin sense of self-worth, yep. their ego. They wouldn't ever give you an interview with anyone. They wouldn't give you early access to games. They made being a, a gaming journalist very hard, where mm -hmm. Sega was like, hey, 
You want to talk to us? We'll tell you everything. You want a Sonic cartridge to take home a year before it comes out? We're going to show you this and give you all the access you want. So people in gaming journalism absolutely had an affection for Sega. And when they choose chose to write stories, you know, do I want to put Super Mario World and the Super Nintendo as the main graphic in the story on the cover of this magazine? Or do I want to put Sonic the Hedgehog and Sega Genesis? People went with Sonic and Sega. So yep. journalists do have an inherent... Um, ability to play favorites. And I really respect anyone that's above that, but I will just tell you that the vast majority of journalism is affected sometimes by people that, uh, I don't want to say want to shape a narrative, but definitely access and the ability uh, to, to uh, get information does really help. And I think that's something AEW has done very well, similar to Sega, because WWE, WWE doesn't really make a lot of wrestlers available. Uh, wrestling sites like right. this one. I mean, we had Heath Slater on the podcast once. The entire interview was him watching what he said to try not to get into trouble. Um, but AEW does a very good job of courting the wrestling media. And I think like Sega, they've benefited from giving access when their competitor, the monolith, isn't doing so. Well, that's the whole thing about it, right? Is the access allows you to ask the questions that we all want to ask and the freedom from our talent to be able to respond to those questions without the fear of the big corporate machine breathing on their neck and controlling their answers. All of that creates a better experience for journalists, to your point, Glenn, but also for the fans. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create something where the fans get more insight and get more perspective on something they love. And the problem with the way WWE does it is they want very safe, sanitized interviews. So they go to the same outlets, they go to the same people, right? A lot of the times, because they know what to expect. And again, WWE is a stockholder corporation and stockholders love consistency. So it's if you have access to a wrestler and you can ask them questions, you can't ask the other side or the other team's wrestlers. Yes, you're more likely to talk about that because you've got interesting content and it's something different than what you're getting anywhere else. Yes, uh, Joey Dorgen saying, what's my thoughts on the Dreamcast? What could have been? What could I love that have system. Been? That is one of my all-time favorite systems and it should should never have died. Let me oh tell you gosh. something. If Sega hadn't stepped in it so massively with their yep. surprise Saturn launch, if they'd gone right to the Dreamcast or waited yep. just a little longer and then the Dreamcast, yep. they'd still be making console hardware. hardware. It felt, I mean, it was it was incremental when you look at where we went with PS2 and Xbox, right? And, and, and the GameCube and all that jazz. But the Dreamcast felt revolutionary because it was not the same level of like pixelated graphics, but also it was the first time you could literally take a an arcade game, right? House of the Dead 2, whatever else, and bring, I mean, Dynamite, what was it? Dynamite Deca Cop, um, which was, uh, what was that? Die Hard Arcade or whatever they converted it yeah. to. Well, you could literally play that at home, the arcade version. That felt revolutionary in 1999. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, man. Benny Illini, ask the chat room. I bet Matt was never coming. We still have time, guys. Matt will be here. Stay tuned. <laughs> By the way, in the comments, there's going to be nothing about Glenn's pet peeves. There's going to be nothing about my Michael Cole observation. It's just going to be a wise, wise man trolling us the whole time saying Matt Morgan show. <laughs> I, there's still a possibility. Nobody knows. Maybe he'll come in via satellite. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was my, that was my uh, impression of a disgruntled commenter wondering where Matt was. Guy, well, he's like, kind of like a lot. What, guys? Why are you doing this? She golly whiz. <laughs> oh, is that offensive? That's a, The Jew comments are fine. I've been on cold medicine like this entire week I, I we promised raj we would talk about stockholder stuff and i gotta get to ratings so let's finish up SmackDown. yes okay number one contenders fatal four-way for the smackdown women's championship 
Alexa Bliss versus Carmella versus Dana Brooke versus Naomi. Now, Bowling for Soup, which still a relevant band. Uh, I the, love Girl, All the Bad Guys Want. It yes. is a great song, 1985. Yes. Did you know they didn't write 1985? That's actually no. a cover of another band song, and it was originally like 1984. Anyhow, separate story. They wrote a song called Alexa Bliss. It came out today. I listened to it twice. It's not bad. Um, apparently, she's in the video. I was thinking, well, maybe Alexa's going to win this because she just, you know, get that Bowling for Soup bump. Uh, but I have to admit, like... Carmella was probably my third prediction. I didn't think Dana Brooke was going to, I would love it if Dana Brooke won. I think Dana Brooke babyface push all the way, but I just don't think they're ever going to do it. I was pretty damn certain Naomi was going to win this tonight. Uh, it was a good match, but uh, I mean, I mean it, it was good. a fine match. It was like a, it was a match that happened and I've, I've seen, it's not, a. am glad the women got to main event. I've seen yes. much better women's matches in this spot. And I never felt like at any point other than Carmella winning, did it serve much of a greater purpose other than to fill 15 minutes. And maybe we'll find out more about why Carmella, maybe Naomi will happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. Who knows? Just a I weird choice, right? <laughs> Just a weird storyline swerve here. Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. We shall see what happens. Hmm. Uh, afterwards, of course, Bailey rushed the ring, put Carmella down. Bailey getting that hometown pop tonight. You wouldn't know Bailey was a heel. That's mm, true. That was the show. That was it. SmackDown. And then I took some cold medicine and came on this podcast and just unleashed the truth. Let's talk some about these. I love this, this love for the Dreamcast in the chat. I love the love for the Dreamcast. That's like well-written content right there. OCD, one cool dude. Yes, WWE Royal Rumble 2000 on Dreamcast had only 16 wrestlers held terrible. Here was the big problem with WWE Royal Rumble 2000. You could go play it in the arcade, and it looked badass as hell because you could get all these, like at the time, having four wrestlers in the ring was the typical format for, you know, if you had WWF Attitude or before that WWF Warzone or even what I think at that point the ECW games had come out or even the N64 games, you could only have four wrestlers at a time. The arcade, WWE Royal Rumble 2000, you could get like, I think it was six, maybe it was eight. I think it maybe was six, right? In the ring at the same time. This thing felt magical. And if you looked at it, it had steel cage matches, but none of that mattered because there were only 16 wrestlers on the roster for yeah, the but game. You got to remember, Michael, you know, you kids are spoiled with your 16 wrestlers. I grew up with the eight wrestlers on Nintendo Pro Wrestling. And let me tell you, oh. Starman, Starman was the shit. I was but, like, Starman, uh, right? Of course, always with the Starman with you, Jen. Have you played pro wrestling on the NES? Yes. Starman by far is the best character in that game. By far. I recreated him in WWE SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Yes. Rumble 2000, top three of all time. No, thank you. And yeah, the Marvel versus Capcom 3. Soul Calibur was the game to get on Dreamcast. I loved it. Um, created Soul Calibur 2 for GameCube, Xbox, where they did the whole whatever version you pick has the character from that system. Like if you got it on GameCube, you got Link. You got on Xbox, you got Spawn. PS2, Hihachi, man, Soul Calibur. Those are some games. Mm. You know, I don't play video games much anymore. I think I was playing Fortnite occasionally until I realized I was terrible at it. Uh, and then I was going to play the last WWE game, but it looks like flaming hot garbage. So I canceled my pre-order. Yeah. 
I got into the um, uh, I call it the New Japan game, but the Fire Pro Wrestling game they released on PS4 and Steam last year. It was, it was you know fun. It was different, but those WWE games have been garbage for a while now. They got to do something. Bring back the team that made pro wrestling for the NES, but with the updated <laughs> WWE roster, and it will sell a million copies. Yeah, is that a lot mm. anymore? I feel like a yeah. million is not that much mm. anymore. Well, it's not about the copies you sell; it's about how long you keep people hooked and how many loot boxes you and can the DLC. Out. Yes, and, yeah, oh, it's great. great. Um, let's talk about this other news: the WWE investor earnings conference call that happened yesterday. And oh my God, things might be changing. So there's a whole lot to parse out here. And I would encourage you guys to go check out the wrestlinginc.com news article about all this. A um, couple of quick highlights here. Um, revenues did increase um, 18%, which is good, right? So we're keeping keep in mind in context last week, two of the VPs um, did get the axe. Of course, by the axe, we mainly also got, um, what was it? Seven figure. Not the VPs, the P's. I thought I thought they were both executive VPs. I thought, thought there was one P. I thought they were co-presidents. Are they? Okay, Michelle Barrios or um, George Barrios, and um, they're one person. Yeah. Well, okay. So they they got fired last week. All right, whatever. So they got lots of money to go away. Co-presidents. Yes. Were they Vince co-presidents? McMahon, yeah. Vince McMahon is the CEO. There we go. That's how corporate hierarchy works. So anyway, they got they got the can. Um, and revenues, the earnings call this week, revenues did go up, which means, yes, they made more money. Um, operating income did go up. Um, but the problem is, um, and they had adjusted EBITDA up $180 million. Um, It's all good stuff. Of course, all this is kind of built on um, taking over. Um, um, wait a second. This is, um, let me scroll down here a little bit here. All this is kind of taking over. It all sounds good, right? But the problem is, there are all that's kind of built on Saudi Arabia and the big money deals they've been getting there. Um, and of course these big giant increases in um, record TV deals. Right? So the theory though, is that we've been seeing, so they, they've stopped doing as many house shows. Right. And so what that's a caused is they can say that their record, their attendance at shows has gone up because they're doing fewer shows that had low attendance. Um, the real concern, though, is WWE Network subscribers have gone down, um, and they're worried that they had to lower adjustment and predicted outcome for the year as far as um, what they expect the earnings to be. So um, there's some concern about what they're going to do moving forward to kind of reinvest and reinvigorate the stock. And there is some rumor that a potential streaming partner um, might be getting involved with the WWE Network. So um, as it was reported on the uh, earnings call, WWE is evaluating strategic alternatives for the WWE Network. Um, during the earnings call, Vince McMahon discussed the possibility of selling the rights of their major pay-per-views to another streaming service. Um, and McMahon said they could continue on with the current model, which involves a free tier and, of course, the tier we all pay for. Um, and he told um, the rap um, we could... Um, could, we could continue on as we are now with the enhancement of a tier, but we also have an option now. There's no better time to exercise the selling of our rights to all the majors who, quite frankly, all the majors are really clamoring for our content. So that could be a significant increase, obviously, in terms of revenue. So basically what we're saying is, yeah, revenue is kind of okay, but there are some metrics with lagging TV ratings and a few other things that it might be going down over time, which is not good for stock price. And Vincent Man is here saying, hey, we've been getting some big money deals 
um, for our TV rights. And there's no better time than right now to explore the possibility. Yeah, we could do stuff to the network, but could we instead um, sell um, some of our network content to another provider? Uh, this, of course, implies maybe they're exploring a deal with somebody like um, Amazon Prime or some of these other over-the-top players. Um, he, when asked if the network is a must-have, Vince replied, nothing is a must-have, and they'll see what's available. <laughs> Yeah, um, you should never say that about your company. And when Vince McMahon says that about his company, like, yeah. how much lower is the stock going to go, Michael? Is it going to get back down to five bucks? What was that? I do not think we're going to see it go that low because, again, if you look at the numbers, the raw numbers here, um, everything has kind of gone up. The big problem right now, Glenn, is that the cost has gone up so much because they've been signing talent to all these big number deals. And while they have these TV ratings, there's not much other place for them to make extra money. Saudi's going to make them extra money, but they've already got these TV deals locked in. So they know what it's going to get from that. So the question is, where do they go get extra money from moving forward? You don't have pay-per-views to sell anymore. So you've got to get network subscribers, which have been lagging a little bit and going down year over year. And so Vince McMahon saying, we might ditch the network strategy, kind of what he's saying here. We might ditch the network strategy and try to go directly to selling it. The thing for me, and I've always thought this about the network, the network is not a bad model. What you should have done when you launched the network was keep a few key pay-per-views away from the network, right? Keep mm. keep WrestleMania and SummerSlam or maybe keep all of your big four. Keep those as pay-per-views because people will pay for those. People who tune in to watch WWE once a year, they'll pay 50 bucks for WrestleMania or 60 or 70 or whatever it is. Hardcore fans aren't going to miss it and they'll still pay the 10 bucks year over year or month over month to see your pay-per-views um, that aren't the big four. I, I think that was the mistake that they made. Um. It'll be interesting. Maybe the pay-per-views will go to another network. Maybe all their content, they will sell piecemeal and announce a production deal where they're essentially a studio providing uh, streaming live events mm -hmm. and original productions like Table for Three right along the documentaries to perhaps an Amazon, perhaps a Netflix. Yeah. Not a Disney Plus, I'm, I'm just guessing. Uh, but maybe HBO. No, probably not HBO Max because of the Warner Brothers AEW connection. Um, but this could happen. And uh, I, the most telling thing to me wasn't there a quote from Vince McMahon saying they could announce something as soon as this quarter about this. Yeah. So the, the comment was made that they are already in conversations or deep enough into the thought process behind this, basically that they would expect to announce at Q1, which is, I, that's crazy. Like they, they March 31st, baby. That's crazy. So um, yeah. Some, some, I mean, again, people have been kind of talking about this as though it's doom and gloom. I think, I think there was some disagreement over the network and the strategy there, which is probably why not the VPs, the presidents got fired. Um, but this is still not doom and gloom. This company is making a crap ton of money every year. Yes, expenses have gone up if they secured talent and they don't want the AEW, but they're making a crap ton of money. And this is something Melter pointed out. We talked about Melter earlier. Um, if you look at this from the amount of money they're bringing in, the stock is actually a little bit undervalued. Right now it dropped, of course, 20% in the last week off of the um, – off of the president's leaving. And so I think it's back down to about 40 bucks at its peak. It was up to 90 bucks after oh, the Saudi deal. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was right up there. So I think we'll see it rebound shareholder. I keep telling people this um, shareholders are very jumpy and they, people Stock get fired. Weird. Yeah. It's hard to predict. I think we'll see it go up a little bit if you base it off how much money they earn. But Vince McMahon wants to increase that number and that's how you get, more, uh, and more what fight. i'm worried is that they shut down the network they take the specials they take the the pay-per-views to an amazon or a netflix and then they stop doing all other original production 
or that becomes like an afterthought because hey, look, if you're Amazon or Netflix, you would probably pay $200 million a year yeah. for the exclusive streaming rights to every WWE pay-per-view one a month. How much extra are you going to pay for table for three, uh, 24, 365, those, like those aren't going to make them the same amount of money. But all I ask is, can we please bring back swerved (laughs) for me? I just want swerved back. I want to bring back the edge and Christian show of awesomeness. That was pretty good. That's all I want. So anyway, the other thing is, before we get out of here, um, I mean, we can talk more video games all night long if you guys want to. Um, but of course, as predicted, AEW Dynamite tops WWE NXT again this week in viewership. Um, Wednesday's Dynamite episode drew a 928,000 viewers on TNT, um, topping the 770,000 viewers garnered by NXT, NXT on the USA Network. Um, both of those do represent... An increase over last week. Um, I think both of these shows had a little more hype to them. Um, but yeah, so we had an increase week over week for both shows, which I think is awesome. But NXT still lagging behind AEW. It's worth saying, though, this was NXT's highest rated show of the year. Um, coming out of the new year, um, they were right around 700, 721,000. So this is a pretty good little bump for them. But they've kind of settled into a groove here, 770. Um, and the uh, right around 850 to 900 for AEW. Kind of crazy. Anyhow, tomorrow, XFL, baby, it's back. A return 20 years in the making. So excited. I mean, yeah. we don't have the San Francisco Demons, so I'm not that excited. We don't have He Hate Me. <sighs> Matt Morgan will be there. Hey, Matt Morgan's going to, you know, he still could show up here. He's going to be here for the post game show, right? The post post game show. He will be tomorrow, me, Raj, and Matt Morgan. It's going to mm. be something. And more. Maybe. Who knows? All I know is I'm waking up tomorrow to watch the XFL in the year 2020. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. He's at The Real Wiseman. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. I should have used an alias tonight. I'm so hopped up on the cough medicine. Uh, Some kind of cool. Jew reference, I'm sure, is where Jesus. you want to go. Whoa, that. you went right with the Jew thing, buddy. <laughs> Comple- the complexion just changed in this podcast. Wow. <laughs> I had a really good comeback for that, but I'm not going to say it. Um, Hit me off the air. Save it. We'll use yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, we'll <laughs> be back here tomorrow. XFL and the Monday Night Raw. I'm going to be out next week. Uh, huh? I shouldn't have announced that. People would be like, oh, shit. It's going to be me and reacted. Matt Morgan. Raj wow. pet peeves thing. I was like, he's off this podcast for a week. You're suspended, pal. We... <laughs> We'll tell them that anyway. They'll forget by then. It's like they're wrestling fans. They forget things week over week, right? I got to go to a podcast conference next week. uh, That's cool. We do have a substitute for you, Glenn. Um, My good buddy, my dear friend. Of course, Matt Morgan um, will be here with us. But uh, Brian Fritz, for those of you guys who followed Between the Ropes many years, of course, where I used to um, hang my hat. um, And Brian is friends with Matt. So I assume Matt will still be here and we will have a fun time together. So, um, yeah, Brian Fritz, Sporting News now. Um, will be joining us in not not to replace Glenn. He's not nearly as much fun talking complexion and race. Um, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little weird given the double meaning. <laughs> we won't talk video games next week. It will be strictly wrestling, and those two are both from Florida, so whatever. Good times. Catch you back here tomorrow. XFL baby on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.